This is What's the Big Idea from Able Communications, a podcast about ideas, where they come from, what they have the power to achieve, and why some ideas catch on while others falter. Hi, everyone. I'm Greg Abel, and welcome to What's the Big Idea. I'm excited this week to welcome Dr. Seth Hickerson. He's founder and CEO of My Steady Mind. Hey, Seth, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? Glad to be here. Yeah, well, thanks for joining me. Why don't we tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how My Steady Mind came about? Yeah, so, you know, my background, I can try to run through the fast version of it, but, you know, I, I'm southern, you know, from southern Indiana, small town guy. I was an athlete growing up, football, basketball, baseball player, and really good athlete, but not the best student, you know. All I really cared about in high school was chasing women and, you know, drinking beer <laughs> and playing sports and, you know, I, uh, I you know, just maintained a 2.0 GPA. Uh, I thought I was going to go play college and pro baseball. Uh, ended up losing a scholarship opportunity. I basically partied myself out of it. Um, so then joined the Navy. I lived overseas for five years in Tokyo and Spain, and where I got introduced to a lot of the things I practice today, contemplative practice, mindfulness, meditations. That's a part of what I my training. Um, went back to school, did my undergrad in health and physical education, master's in sports psychology, and then doctorate in educational leadership. I'm also a CSCS, which is a certified strength conditioning specialist. And so I've been a high performance coach um, for 20 years for, you know, military special operations, Navy SEALs, professional athletes. And, and my, my forte is the mind, you know, teaching people how to train their mind to stay calm in chaos. And so that's really what I've been doing. And then, you know, um, my vision and my goal was to make that skill set available to, you know, the non-elite, everybody else, right? Um, right. So, yeah, so I started yeah, my first company, I, Boost, and then that has evolved into My Steady Mind, and it brings high-level cognitive fitness training to people that would never have an opportunity to, to try it. I really think this is an important time to be talking about cognitive fitness training, healthy minds, mental health, because we've all been through trauma, really, over the last couple of years in the pandemic, and everybody's adapting, so... Did the vision for My Steady Mind come about as a result of the pandemic, or were you already on this path before the pandemic hit? Yeah, it, so I started my first company, Boost Mental Toughness and Leadership, about seven years ago. And so the purpose of Boost was to bring, you know, sports psychology and cognitive fitness training to high schools and college athletes that would never have a chance to do it and, and make it, you know, fun and scalable and, you know, a, a thing that could accommodate. And so that was Boost's concept. And and again, this was seven years ago. It was pretty way ahead of the game, you know, for a lot of people. And, and we're for profit, you know, and schools and stuff just don't want to pay for anything. And so we, we pivoted Boost around and got into multiple markets. Um, and then when COVID hit, you know, it's all about mental health, you know, teaching people how to manage emotions and improve mental health. And so when COVID hit, me and my team knew that, you know, we had a mental health problem that was pretty bad before COVID, but we knew it was going to be really bad after COVID. And so we decided as a business to kind of pause and really shut down boost and then rebuild and, and, you know, take, you know, the, the current product and make it, you know, from like JV level to Olympic level and then relaunch, um, in 2021, um, and target some specific markets that we knew got hit the hardest by the pandemic. And so we rebuilt everything, made the product much bigger, better, faster, stronger, grew the team, you know, kind of learned from what was working with Boost and what wasn't, and then launched My Steady Mind 
in January last year, and our primary markets are healthcare and law enforcement. So the two, right. the two that got hit the hardest, I think, from from pandemic, from the pandemic, and so. Yeah. So you have a, a company that provides mental health training or ment or um, cognitive fitness, as you put it, and I, I like that term because I feel like a lot of people might shy away from mental health training or even maybe they associate it with uh, therapy or seeing a psychiatrist, which some people still have uh, hangups about. Yeah. And so maybe we're in an era with through your work and uh, that of others where mental health training is an interesting way to put it. So we talk a little bit about why you call it training and if uh, you think that that helps open doors to having more people get involved. Absolutely. So just like physical health and nutritional health, every pillar of health has a treatment side and a training side. But our society and by design, so my doctorate's in educational leadership, you know, we don't teach people, sadly, in our school about proactive mental health training. You know, we just so people don't know how to train mentally proactive. We, we teach a little bit physical health training, which is P.E. We teach a little bit about nutritional health right so learning fruits and vegetables and food that's all proactive things you can do to improve your physical or nutritional health but we don't teach much on proactive mental health training so most people anytime they hear the word mental health they just associate it with illness because that's all they've known they think treatment prescription therapy counseling which there's nothing wrong with you know the national institute of mental health um, puts out annual reports every year um, and i think the most recent one said, you know, about 20 to 25% of our population has a mental illness or a diagnosable. So 25% of the people in our country need mental health treatment. So 75 right. to 80% need training. And that's what sports psychology does. Yeah, Seth, if I can interject, I mean, what's dawning on me, and um, I know you talk about this a lot, is the fact that many of us will seek treatment for something you might hurt your thumb you might mess up your knee or if you're feeling like like you might have depression or anxiety you might at that point go see someone to talk about those things and you're you're flipping it a little bit here where we're saying instead of waiting for something to happen that you must react to let's get in shape the same way we go run or lift or uh, eat right we're going to get our our I don't know if it's right to say our brain in shape, but our mental health in shape. Yeah, it is. I mean, it you know, it's it's proactive versus reactive. You know, I mean, I go work out and exercise to mitigate illness. You know, so that's what we do. You know, and so it's about learning. You know, I teach people how to train their brains like their biceps. You know, and mm -hmm. and cognitive fitness training is just that. It's hard for people to, pun intended, wrap their mind around it because I can, you know, our bice our brain doesn't grow like our bicep does. You know, I can see my arms. Right. Getting, I can see. <laughs> I can see. I can't if, get jacked up. In my yeah, brain. Yeah, I can see if I'm getting in shape or not in shape. Looking in the mirror, right? But our brain has a right. skull around it, so it doesn't grow like a bicep. It grows yeah. through better uh, neural pathways. You know. So let's define it. What is cognitive fitness training? Cognitive fitness training is learning exercises, habits, and routines to help you, in, you know, strengthen your mind. You know, to make your mind more mentally tough, to make you more you know, the skills of cognitive fitness, right? Present, grateful, focused. If you want to have these things, that's a big disconnect. People don't know those are skills. Like you can't just come to a person and say, hey, Greg, be more grateful. Okay, well, you know, gratitude's a skill. I've got to train my brain. I've got to learn how to overcome the negativity bias. I got to practice gratitude. And so, you know, that's- Yeah, well, let's stay there for a second, Seth. How, how can someone become better 
at having gratitude? What are some of the training tips? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously it's all in our course, right? There's a bunch of stuff in there, but you know, understanding first and foremost, self-awareness is the most important thing. So people just have to know that it's normal to think negative. It's normal to have negative self-talk because our brains literally have a negativity bias. We're wired for it. Humans don't wake up and look for good news. We wake up and we're on, we're on alert and we live in a society that just you know, perpetuates that they play into it with fear mongering and things. So you have to, you know, you have to do gratitude journals, you have to do mantras, you have to do affirmations, you've got to learn how to reframe negative thoughts, like these are all activities that help you start to, you know, develop an attitude of gratitude, it doesn't just happen, you know, you can't just read a self help book or listen to somebody talk about it. The same way I can't go to the gym, I can't watch a video about somebody exercising and me get in shape, I have to pick up the weight. Aren't some of these things evolutionary in that the, the human beings who are on the planet right now evolved from people who, you know, had a fight or flight response to saving their lives when you had to go hunt and gather versus, you know, have desk jobs. And I wonder if that, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Am I off base there? I mean, the biggest problem with mental health is our brains have not evolved like technology. That's the disconnect. You know, our brains can't keep up with the demand of just 24-7 relentless information that is strategically designed to influence our thoughts, feelings, and actions. And so mm -hmm. that's the problem, you know, and, it, and with people that aren't mindful or don't have awareness that are just plugged in all the time or connected to devices, I mean, like it's devolving our brain, like the prefrontal cortex is, is not developing as fast as it used to. So, I mean, that's the two problems we have in mental health is one, the perception of it. People don't know mental health is health. And then the second is just that, you know, our brains have not evolved at the rate technology has. And so it can't keep up with the demands. Yeah. And so my steady mind, and I give you a ton of credit for launching this company because I feel like it's not just a good business idea, but it's an important idea because it feels to me like you're normalizing mental fitness as a way to help companies perform better. Right. So you're focusing uh, initially in the healthcare workers and uh, uh, police and uh, first frontline first workers, right? Yeah. Talk about why those categories and talk a little bit about how we can start demystifying discussions about mental health in the workplace. Yeah, those two industries, there's a couple of reasons we, we focused on those. I mean, first and, you know, personally, first and foremost, my ex-wife is an orthopedic trauma surgeon. So I had a front row seat for 11 years to watch the toll and devastation that industry took on her and our marriage, you know, all through medical school, residency, trauma fellowship, four years as an attending physician, and not once, you know, and these are the most educated people in the world, right? Not once did she ever receive any kind of training on emotions, emotional intelligence, you know, how to manage her emotions. It was all IQ stuff, no EQ. And, and it, it, it just was horrible for her. And so, and all my doctor friends that I know are miserable, you know, and this was before COVID. Mm. So I said, all right, we're going to get out there and we're going to help healthcare, which we've made some great traction in. You know, we've gotten our training into medical schools and we're, we're getting it out there. Um, and so then law enforcement too, you know, I'm a veteran, we're a veteran owned company. Most of my coaches are veterans. And so there's just kind of a, a connection between vets and, and cops and firemen and, and uh, you know, kind of the heroes helping heroes mindset. And what we do is training, and that's what these types of people want. They don't want treatment. They need training. Show me the way, you know. And it's so they just right. and it's and it's it's facilitated by veterans. So both healthcare and law enforcement kind of 
respect and look up to veterans and, you know, kind of assemble, they kind of view what they do as similar to what we've done, you know, like they call healthcare the, the war zone, the battlefield, right? And I'm like, well, who better to learn from than people that have actually had to learn how to stay calm in the ultimate chaos, you know? Yeah, it's really interesting, Seth, because I feel like you're on to something here. You know, your big idea that cognitive fitness should be about training and not response proactive instead of reactive is really empowering. I think, you know, I heard someone, I forget where I got this from, but someone said to me once the best way to navigate the healthcare system is to stay out of it. So, right, so you keep yourself healthy so you don't have to worry about, doc. you know, sometimes, look, people can't control that. Things happen. But to the extent we can control some things uh, exerting that control and and being proactive about it is really important so let's talk about some of the things you all coach in the my steady mind training and i should note that my company uh we went through my steady mind the whole team took part in the um, six or seven modules of training where we did some work independently and then we had a breakdown with your with a coach and we got a lot out of it and uh made two of the components that have stayed with me are um, the emotional control routines, your ECRs, and your intermittent energy renewals, your IERs. So let me throw it back to you, the founder here. Tell our listeners what are ECRs and what are IERs, and maybe just a couple tips on. Let's start with ECRs. What what are, what are um, emotional control yeah. routines? So so first, I'll explain kind of why we do that and what our approach is at My Steady Mind. Because what most people are doing, and probably all your listeners and viewers or whatever, is you know everybody's struggling right now. Like one of the the number one Google searches is anxiety, you know, and so mm-hmm. people will put that in, and then it'll send them usually some kind of treatment thing or doctors, right? And it doesn't. People don't necessarily have anxiety; they're just feeling anxious. And so there's a difference between state anxiety and trade anxiety. And most people are just feeling state anxiety and training is what can help that. And so, again, what most people are doing that are feeling stressed or overwhelmed or burnout, they're just in this streaming and consumption mindset, right? They're listening to podcasts, they're watching YouTubes, they're buying self-help books, they're following influencers, they're just streaming and consuming, hoping something sticks, right? Mm. So there's streaming and consuming and then there's training. And what we do is training. And and training is very specific. It's about a progressive acquisition of skills, and it has one outcome, right? And so that's what we do is simplify all that. We cut through all the noise, and we say, you know, if you want to live with a steady mind, which is flow state or in the zone, here's a proven formula. You have to create your emotional control routine, which is the thing you do in the morning that consists of three exercises to get your mind steady, And then that gets you steady into the day, right? Win the morning to win the day. And then as you go through the day, you have better awareness that I'm getting unsteady, meaning I'm anxious or depressed or scared or lonely or whatever. And then you deploy what we call IERs, intermittent energy renewals. So those are the quick hitting like biohack techniques to get you back to steady. And so my steady Mm -hmm. mind is, you know, it's just like the, the physical gym, right? If you went to the, if you were out of shape and you wanted to go to the gym and work out, I can't read a book about it. I can't listen to somebody talk about it. I have to go to the gym and I go to the gym and I try all the different exercises and I might hate 70% of the exercises or machines, right? But I find the 30% I like and I do my daily routine on that. So my steady mind is the same thing. It's the mental gym. So you're going to come in, try all the exercises out. And then at the end of it, you have your steady mind formula, which is your emotional control routine. So that's the three things that you like to do. You do those, right? And then your IER is your intermittent thing you do throughout the day. And so we simplify it, you know, and it's very clear and there's no like ambiguity. 
Um, so your emotional control routine is just that. It's the, the 10 or 15 minute mental exercise routine you do in the morning after you wake up before you jump into the craziness of right. the day, right? So it sounds like one of the things you coach is don't just wake up and plop in front of the laptop or your phone. You got to have a routine to get your mind right so that you're ready to, you know, as you say, win the morning to win the day. So I, I love that concept of winning the morning. Um, will you just talk a little more about that? Like, what does it mean to win the morning? Yeah, I mean, I'm a performance guy, right? So I associate everything with winning and competition and, you know, it just makes it easier to understand and like, you know, everything in life, it's never about perfection. It's always about progress and probability. And the highest performing people know that. They know my whole job, if I want to, if I want to increase the probability of more better outcomes today than bad ones, it's up to me and only me. And that has to start by me winning the morning, you know? And so winning the morning is just that. It means I don't just wake up and get on my phone and turn on the news and diet because the saying I also say is, you know, when you wake up in the morning, there's only two things that can happen. Either you are going to control the day or the day is going to control you. And right. most people just get up and they're toast, you know. And they're responsive, right? We look at our phone, we see what texts or emails or social media, and then all of a sudden we're in response mode. React mode. Right? They're not in response mode. Mm. They're in react mode, right? That's where, you know, yeah. it, it burns mental energy and you're exhausted and you're fatigued and it's 10 a.m. and I haven't even gotten to work yet and... You know, you're tired, and that's how most people exist, and they're just insane. I wish that didn't sound so familiar to me. I know, I know. That's how most people live, you know. And and well, I think we've all kind of become reprogrammed, and since the maybe since the smartphone, I don't know, maybe cell phones did this too. Yeah, convenience is you, killing us. I, right, and so it's interesting in that technology can both make us more efficient and make us less efficient. I think that's something to really think about, and you have to be. Uh, thoughtful about how you start your day. So I think that's winning the morning. Tell, tell us about your morning, Seth. Like just give people a model. Uh, you, you wake up and what are your three things? Yeah. So I, you know, as you may know, I came up, but I'm a, I'm a single dad. I've got three boys, you know, an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old. I'm trying to grow a business, you know, so I got a lot of stuff going on and kind of what I do when I, you know, when I've got my boys, they wake up at six or so and I kind of have to go into dad mode, right? So I got to make breakfast. I got to get them all prepared for school, get their clothes. And so the first part of my morning, I'm doing my dad stuff, getting it squared away. And then I'm not a get up two hours before the kid kind of guy. I just don't do that, right? You'd have to get up at about five, it sounds like. Yeah, I get up around <laughs> 5.36 just when the boys wake up. And I do all my dad stuff for the first hour, hour okay. and a half. And then I take the kids to school. I drop two off at one school. And then I drop the third one off at his school. And after I drop him off, in the school parking lot, in my car, is when I start my ECR. So now it's it's that transition time between getting everything ready in the morning and before I jump into my day and in my car. And my, my normal morning ECR is I, I'll pray for about five minutes and then I'll meditate for 10 minutes. And then my third component is just kind of depending on what I'm working on that week. It might be a gratitude journal. You know, it might be more breath work. You know, I'll just kind of, it's prayer, meditation. And then the third one is kind of whatever I feel like I need to work on. And so that's me. Yeah, maybe it's a wild card. But th that doesn't include exercise, Seth. That is your, are your workouts separate from that? Workout, yeah. So mental training and physical training are different. Now, if I go work mm. out in the morning, you definitely have some benefit, right? But that's what I help people understand, like, Going to the gym and working out has a bunch of good benefits, but it's not mental training. Mental training is a separate thing. Um, 
And so, you know, then I'll usually go to the gym after that. I think, um, and how important is consistency in all this? The most important. You know, in the military, that's what we say, you know, routines get results. That's it. You know, there's two ways Mm -hmm. to do things, the right way or again. (laughs) I love that one. But I I love it, but it also hurts a little because, like, you you just can envision people, and I, I just envision myself, I think we all start with ourselves in feeling like, Oh man, I can't get this right. And I do want to ask you, like, how do you help people get back into it once if they've fallen out of routine? What's the best way to get back into routine? I mean, just get back into it, right? Remember why you wanted to do it, why you wanted to start. And I always tell people, like, this is never about perfection, right? When you start anything, like, you have to give yourself some space and some grace. You know, I still will fall out of my routine. I can still get in a ruts, right? We're humans. But it's just remembering, okay, hey, I've, I need to get back into it, you know, and it might suck, just like exercise. If I'm doing a good workout routine for a few months or a year or whatever, and then I get lazy for a month, like, and I go back to the gym, you know, it's like, oh, God, it's like I'm starting back over. But that's just, that's all life is. Life is just a series of falling down and starting back over. Yeah, I mean, don't we all know it? And especially in this time, I want to, I want to, a lot of the folks who I hope are listening are either employers or leaders who either manage teams or everyone's a part of some kind of team, whether it's at home or work. Why is cognitive fitness so important in the workplace, do you think? Uh, I mean, I make it pretty easy for leaders to understand. There's a couple things. First, any good leader knows, right, your most valuable resource or asset is your people. And your people's most valuable asset or resource is their mind. So if you're not doing things to help them with their mind, you know, you're, you're just, you're not leading, right? And especially in today's climate, people are desperate for tools to help them manage stress. And then, I mean, the results are, you know, the ROI on it's great. I mean, especially from a recruitment and a retention piece, like the next generation of workers, the millennials and Gen Zs, like if, if they come to, they're out there looking for jobs. And if you don't offer some kind of wellness platform or program, you're a dinosaur. They're not going to come. Right. So you can you need to be a forward thinker and say, hey, look, like we we provide, you know, mental skills training. We've got a cognitive fitness program that's available to everybody like, you know, and that's just that's just the way it is. And so I try to help leaders say, like, you know, this is this is what's being expected. You should be providing it Um, whether you believe in it or not. You know, you need to be you need to be putting resources like this together. But and it just increases productivity. I mean, people work better when they're healthier and less stressed and. I can tell you as an employer, when we put your training in place, there were probably two or three key things that I really enjoyed about it. One was just the ability to offer it, to be able to say to our team of hardworking people, we are going to implement a, a cognitive fitness training program called My Steady Mind. What do you think? And, and you know, we just made it available to everyone. And just about everybody took part. You know, The other was the obvious benefit that the course provided. So even though I know I need to work on consistency, I do have a morning routine now. And I do think when I wake up, instead of reaching for the phone, sometimes I'll reach for the phone and be like, ah, don't do that. Win the morning. And so then I don't, I don't touch the phone. <laughs> and, I, and I go try to win the morning by doing some meditation, by doing some, for me, it has been exercise. I might need to shift that a little bit. No, exercise, yeah, um, exercise and, and, is fine. As long as you're journaling. doing something in the morning, you know. Yeah. But it's to, to have that little 10 or 15-minute commitment to just the mind, you know, and your emotions, that's, that's good. Right. And then let's give everybody a little sneak preview of what uh, one of the um, 
intermittent um, energy renewals would be. So I'm, I just had a stressful conversation with a coworker, and now I got another meeting coming up. I literally have one minute. Like, what do you coach people to do to kind of calm themselves down and get back on track? You know, we teach all kinds of tactics and, you know, everything from cognitive fitness training, what you're learning to control is two things. The two things that control everything in your life, your thoughts, which control your mind, and your breath, which controls your nervous system. So the fastest way, if you got a minute, that's great because you only need eight seconds, right, to do a BAMO breath. So... BAMO is an intermittent energy renewal, and we use at My Steady Mind a lot of fun language and acronyms because it's sticky, right? So if you're feeling yep. stressed or you just had a difficult conversation, and I'll walk you through a BAMO breath, but BAMO means breathe and move on. And so mm -hmm. when we're stressed over whatever, our sympathetic, all we've done is activated our sympathetic nervous system. So we're in fight or flight, and that feels uncomfortable, right? It feels like we don't want to die, whether it was a bad email or a bad conversation or whatever. So when our sympathetic nervous system is, in, is engaged, all we need to do is activate, or as I say, flip the switch on your parasympathetic, the parachute. The parasympathetic is rest mm -hmm. and digest. And so the fastest humanly way you can do that, the fastest biohack is a four second inhalation through the nose, counting one, two, because when we count, we can't think about all the other scary stuff, right? So it kind of quiets the noise. So a four-second inhalation through the nose, filling up the, the belly, because you have to get into the belly because you have to hit the diaphragm. The diaphragm sends a signal to the vagus nerve to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So a BAMO breath is a four-second inhalation through the nose, and then four-second exhalation through the mouth. Yeah. So we'll do one here. Yeah, let's do it. I already started. I, I was like, I got to do this right now, Seth. <laughs> and then the thing about BAMO too, right, is it's also a call to action. Breathe and move on. Yeah. The move on part is pretty important, isn't yeah. it? Move on. Get back into the game. Get back into whatever's yeah. in front of you. So we'll sit, relax for a second, kind of close your eyes. And when I teach people this, like, see if you can feel your nervous system switching. When you're inhaling, you're in sympathetic. When you exhale... It's parasympathetic, and it almost feels like a cool little wave of water rushing down your body. So we'll sit here, and I'll, I'll count you through one, then you can do one on your, on your own. All right? Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Open the mouth and push out the air. Two, three, four. Do another one on your own. Really open the mouth and push the air out, not tight lips. Yeah, mm. push it out, right? Yeah. So that's a BAMO breath. That's the fastest intermittent energy renewal you can do when you're getting stressed, feeling anxious, whatever. Take it, and then the trick with cognitive fitness training is you don't just do it when you're stressed. You sit around when you're not stressed and practice those breathing techniques. Right. Because you're automating your body and brain to do it more naturally. Yeah, you know, Seth, I think it's so important because we can get thrown off so easily in our day, you know, from a million different things, from a comment someone makes to getting cut off in traffic to just looking at a headline when you're trying to really get work done and all of a sudden your brain goes in some other direction. So just this idea of interrupting our, our thought process and replacing that with a, with a nice deep BAMO breath is a great way to change our, our thought process during the day and just be better. I, I, I love that idea. I I don't know why we forget to do it or why we this hasn't been prioritized more so, but I'm really glad that you're reminding all of us that this is important work. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm grateful to be bringing it out there. You know, it's one of those I wish things I hear all the time. You know, I wish I would have had this when I was in high school. I wish I would have had this, you know, when I was playing sports. I wish, I wish. And so I'm like, well, you know, me too. I wish I would have had this when I was in high school and maybe I wouldn't have done all the stupid stuff I did. And so it's, we need to get it out there. People need to learn. It's all about emotions, right? And that's what I say. Like, there's only two things you can do with an emotion. You can manage it or you can suppress it. And this is all tools to help you manage emotions, which is what most people don't know how to do. They're just suppressing, right? Through alcohol yeah. and drugs and fighting and whatever your tools are, you know. And so um, it's fun, you know, it's useful, um, it's practical, it's it's easy to implement. It's just um, people have never really had access to it. And so we put it together in a fun way. If you're interested in learning more about My Steady Mind, go visit mysteadymind.com. Dr. Seth Hickerson is the founder and CEO. Seth, this has been amazing. Before I let you go, I want to do a rapid-fire portion of questions. Are you prepared for, for such an endeavor? Do you want to let take, me take a, a bam breath? breath? Let me take a bam breath. <laughs> get, yourself, get yourself ready. You're about to enter the, the cauldron a hot of seat. intensity. I know you train elite athletes and performers. so Yeah, I know. Go. I better not fold. All right. What's one thing you think is overrated? Uh, expensive coffee. <laughs> All right. Yeah, although I'm still a sucker and I spend money on it, but every time I buy it, I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Seven dollars for a coffee?" So <laughs> I had you. I, I had you at home just scooping Folgers into a hot, you know. It's unmilitary. You know what I mean? I don't need fancy stuff. You know, I just need. I need something that just has high caffeine content. I don't care what it tastes like, but. You know, I still am a sucker for those triple frap vanilla salted caramel crunch lattes every night. They're milkshakes, really. They're milkshakes, but they are milkshakes. We're kidding ourselves. All right, what's one thing you think is uh, underrated? I, I thought about this one for a minute, but I think it's being able to spend time alone. You know, mm, all right, with self. Gonna, you know, play. I play golf by myself. I'll go to the movies by myself, and it's some of my most you know, enjoyable time. So I think more people need to learn how to do things solo. All right. As long as you keep an honest scorecard, Seth. Yes. All right. What's, what's one thing in the news you, that you've been fascinated by recently? Well, I don't. And if you know me, right, I mean, part of what I teach, I do not watch news. I just, I don't pay any attention to it. I don't watch it um, at all. could care less. I could care less about politics. That's just me. But one, uh, about two days ago, I finally learned what uh, let's go Brandon meant. <laughs> and you found that fascinating? Uh, yeah, I heard somebody say it at a restaurant, and I was just like, that was odd. Like, these two guys dapped and said it, and then I saw it on a, a truck was flying a flag, and I just had to ask somebody, I was like, what does Let's Go Branded mean? And so they told me, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. So Yeah, we'll leave that one alone, but Google it if you're Google interested. Google it if you don't know what it means, yeah. All right. Uh, what's one organization that you've been inspired by recently? Uh, Tesla. You know, I love Elon Musk. I love visionary, forward-thinking people. I actually just bought a electric minivan. Shows you how much of a nice. dad I am now. Yeah, so. Love it. And fully embracing dad status. Fully embracing dad status. Yeah, I got me a hybrid electric uh, minivan. And so, uh, yeah, I just I just love, you know, his approach and, and what they're doing. And, you know, I try to do the same thing, being innovative and forward-thinking about novel ideas that are practical and can help life. So, yeah, Tesla's a company I'm always fascinated by. Cool. And lastly, what's one thing you learned that changed your life? Uh, I think I talk about it in the training, but with some of the skills, the one skill that I've learned that has changed my life is uh, the skill of presence. 
learning how to truly be present in life, right? Learning how to truly be in the moment with what's in front of me, whether it's with my kids or, or an interview. And so presence is something that's changed my life for the better. Fantastic. Well, you know, the, the big idea I think you shared today is that cognitive fitness is something we should all be thinking about, practicing, maybe even encouraging our employers and, and colleagues to take a look at, because I think the more collectively people think about cognitive fitness and not response, but proactive fitness, uh, the better off maybe we'll all be. 100%. I mean, I think it's the next, you know, speaking of big ideas, I mean, I believe, and I come from the fitness and wellness background, but um, you know, and we're working with organizations like Crunch, but cognitive fitness is going to be the next evolution in health and wellness. Like it's going to be. You think we might see it at the gym sometime, Seth? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing at Crunch. So they're going to start selling. So if you, you know, a lot of these fitness facilities say they're about mind and body. So if you go right. to a gym, right, and you can see all the stuff for the body, but you'll ask them, oh, what do you do for the mind? And they'll talk about a couple yoga classes or something, and and that's good, but that's yoga, but. This deal that we're looking at doing with Crunch is, you know, you'll be able to go into a gym and just like you buy a, a 10 pack of personal training for your body, you'll be able to buy a 10 pack of cognitive fitness training for your mind. And that's what in the fitness industry, that's why most people quit and don't obtain their goals is because their mindset, right? They have unrealistic expectations. They don't think they can do it. So from a fitness perspective, it'd be wise, you know, um, for them to think about providing something like this and so plus it's a differentiator but yeah you'll see it and it's coming i know it's coming in crunch gyms so that's great congratulations on that partnership and thanks again for spending time with us today and uh, for everyone who's interested please check out my steady mind thanks Seth. you're welcome what's the big idea is a production of able communications an award-winning pr firm based in baltimore maryland our host is Greg Abel, founder and CEO. The show was produced by Martin Thompson and Katie Beecher. Special thanks to Amanda Mantiply and Molly Dressel. Thanks for listening.